The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the home of amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com. Fansets, our pins have character. The return of an old nemesis, an old face in a different place, and another old face looking, well, older than we're used to. We've been waiting a long time, and the time is almost here, so get ready to break reality with us. I'm Mike Bovia, and this is Discovering Trek Picard. Thanks for joining us on Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. So we don't have a lot to go on so far, but we have seen a trailer that probably raises a lot more questions as to where this season of Picard is going to take us. To do that, like the La Serena, we have a motley crew to evaluate and break down each episode. So to begin with, uh, Our first set of hosts we actually got as a package deal, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, So absent from this episode is Fran Taylor from the Sci-Fi Sisters podcast, but we also have Tamia Harper and Sabrina Wood. Ladies, how are you this evening? Uh, We're happy to have you with us. Thank you. Doing great. Happy to be here. I'm going to give you a whoop whoop. Yep. Well, What's up? We are we are really excited to uh, to have, you know, I, I'm not going to say a diverse crowd because that's not what I'm thinking. What I'm really thinking is how crazy this show is going to be with all of us on here, because that that is really my thoughts. Uh, you know, wh- when we all came together in Vegas, uh, I knew it was uh, a, a match made in some kind of uh, asylum. So it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Uh, um, so also joining us as a guest is, well, not as a guest, one of our co-hosts, I have to apologize for that uh, from deep space pride. We have Mike Thurlow and Mike uh, joining us from New York. How's it going? What's up everybody. It's great to be here. And then my co-host on the Divine Treasury, uh, hailing from 10 minutes down the road for me, Jamie Rogers. Hey, Jamie. Uh, and I see a stack of crap next to you for, uh, that will be on a future episode of the Divine Treasury, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, I figured I had to get into the Picard mode and just pick up my collection of 1988 Galoob Star Trek The Next Generation figures. So that's what I'm what I'm touting tonight (laughs) channel and next gen all right (laughs) so uh so talking about next gen uh i thought we could get into so uh, essentially this is our introduction to anyone who's going to be listening to discovering trek uh this is what the lineup is going to be for discovering trek picard uh so sabrina tamia and fran uh, will be 
uh, rotating uh, whenever their schedule allows them to be on at each time. But uh, I don't know. I kind of like having a couple of you or even three of you when we all met. That was a lot of fun. That's so. what you say now. <laughs> uh, hey, I deal with chaos for work, so I, I can handle anything, I think. <laughs> handle things. Dumb. Did you hear that, Sabrina? Sounds like a challenge, baby. I was going to say, I think I might have, I might have just thrown uh, down the challenge. There. <laughs> we'll be good. We'll be good. We're ready? You watch. Well, this this group was the best part of uh, Star Trek Lost. Well, it wasn't Star Trek Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Right. Uh, the fifty-five year mission. In in Thrall we trust. Oh, oh do oh, not. Let's oh, let's not let's even. Not I, I know that. I know Thrall has a special place in your heart, MT. Oh <laughs> no. Uh, so Jamie talked about the next generation. So I think uh, a few years back when season one came out, I think a lot of people were kind of expecting that to maybe be like a season eight of the next generation. So uh, I'm going to ask all of you right now, uh, what was your overall opinion on season one? And then if you want to throw in there what you're looking forward to or hoping for from season two. Uh, And let's see, as I look at my screen, uh, well, I'll throw it to Mike right away. He's in the top corner of my screen. Oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) Nothing like putting you on the spot. Yeah. Right. Now, I really enjoyed season one of Picard. Um, you know, there are definitely some really great moments. I think uh, I think the general consensus of everyone is that Nepenthe is probably the best uh, episode of the season. Uh, a lot of nostalgia there. Uh, but yeah, it was really great to see this new crew come together and and honestly like when i was thinking about this uh talking about this today i thought you know what i will i will follow jean-luc picard anywhere for anything and um this show has a definitively different tone than discovery and, and i'm actually really looking forward to it so as johnson and i talk on deep space pride there's a lot of drama a lot of tears on discovery right Mm-hmm. And uh, the tears on Picard are more emotion, like a different kind of tears. They're like nostalgia tears, like seeing Troy and Riker, and um, and uh, even in the trailer, seeing Guinan. Like who who doesn't tear up a little bit to see Whoopi Goldberg? So mm-hmm. um, I am uh, really excited for season two. Season one, I I really enjoyed and. You know, if you recall, that's sort of for me. That's what my when my Star Trek podcasting journey started. When Johnson and I started talking about Picard, uh, we would text, and then it became a, a podcast that we started to do on our own. and And then I reached out to Bill and Dan, and that that's how we became part of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Uh, so that really has a place in in it for me. But also uh, the the end of season one of Picard coincided with the beginning of COVID lockdown here in New York City. So um, definitely a lot of emotional uh, ties to that. Um, I, you know, I, I, my first intro to Star Trek was the original series, 
but the next generation and Jean-Luc Picard and the crew are sort of my crew. Like even, uh, that's what I grew up watching, uh, from, from I was 13, I think in 1987, right? Yeah. Roughly. So maybe 14, but I was, I was Wesley's age, essentially. Will Wheaton and I are contemporaries. So this show and, and uh, the characters in it mean a lot to me. They, they are really uh, important. And, and I hope we get to see more. I, I'm really excited about Guinan. I have to say, you know, Q is as great as a villain, but, uh, you know, the chaos is going to come. And, and uh, you know, actually, I think Mariner deals with Q the best, you know, like, no, we ain't got time for that shit, right. you know, so. Shut up. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Shut Go away. <laughs> Go bother Picard in his vineyard. I think she <laughs> says so. Um you know, so, you know, I, John Delancey is an amazing actor and uh, and looks great for his age. Uh, both he and, and Patrick Stewart look great. So, uh, you know, but I, I think I, overall, I'm really excited about Guinan. I'm really excited. I hope we get to see some more next gen. Uh, legacy characters. Legacy characters. Uh, you know, I, I think, especially being a reader of the novels, I, I think that... Uh, you know, I, I really want to see what he and Beverly's relationship is like and how that sort of ended where, or yeah, where what, ha- what happened. Yeah, where it went to. So I think that's uh, great. Uh, I mean, from we, we need to see Jordy. I, I mean, we know that he survived oh. Mars, mm-hmm. uh, which was a small miracle. Uh, and then if you've Captain read the book, Captain Worf and the Enterprise, like, who wouldn't want to see that as well? So, and there are a boatload of ship porn, as I like to call them, pictures in the <laughs> in the trailer. So it's a little bit, you know, it's a little too pixelated to really make it out. But uh, I'm hoping for for some more ship porn, and um, yeah, so I'm really excited about this and looking forward to it for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to agree with you on all of that stuff. I want to, I want to see where stuff is going. Uh, Sabrina, what about you? Well, I really enjoyed the first season of Picard. Um, I don't think, I think it's really hard to write long form TV series, you know, the arcing TV series. So you can actually write yourself into a box Mm -hmm. if you're ending. And I think a lot of us kind of felt like, you know, the show just took off and it was great. I loved it. And it kind of like kind of waffled there towards the end. But so I think what happens is when you don't have the slam bang ending to tie up a arcing series, people tend to say, I didn't like the series. You just didn't like the last episode, because if we were going to say the same thing, like, would you say you don't like TOS because you don't like Turnabout Intruder? No. So, you know, you got to take the whole thing. And I loved like eight and a half out of the 10 episodes and the other Mm -hmm. one and a half were like, okay. I'm good. I thought this. I thought this series was, uh, as we said back in the day when we were watching it, <laughs> so long ago. It was elegant. It was surreal. Mm. I love the idea of examining what happens to a hero after everything is over and done. So I liked going in. You know, since I'm looking at that time, my daggone self. I like seeing this old man 
who had been, you know, the arbiter of succession. He was everything. He was all that in a bag of chips. And now he's sitting on this plant, you know, the planter. He's sitting on his in his vineyard. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And I thought it was just really a very thoughtful Star Trek. And I loved it. I loved it. I like the word that you used there, elegant. That was that that's like a perfect detail. To me, you look like you might want to chime in on that. <laughs> oh, no, wait, I gotta say what I'm looking forward to, right? Well, not if she wants to cut you off, you know. Oh, okay. okay. No, go ahead, because you already took half of my stuff. So go ahead. Oh, <laughs> oh we still want to hear you say it, Tamia. Though we still want to hear you say it. Go, 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 go. No, I want to. I want to hear what you're looking forward to, for real, for real. Well, you know, you guys are all looking forward to the legacy characters coming in, and yeah, I am. But I want to build back on season one because I loved it. I want to know what happened to Raffi's son. Okay, okay, I'm going to cut her off now. Uh, like uh, she's going to start saying stuff that like she's <laughs> reading my head. Take Whatever, it, girl, Sabrina. This no, is great. No, go, go, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm not so interested in what happened from TNG. You know that I'm just not. I want to go back to what. What what had just happened? <laughs> so um, I want to go back. I want to know what happened to the XBs. I mean, you just blew them all out into space. So I I want to stay with I want to stay with season one. I I would love to have Jody come back, but you know, quite frankly, if you didn't bring him back when Hugh was there, you don't need to bring him back now. Just forget about it. He's got his own thing going. Yeah. Just stop. Yep. Okay, you, know, you need to stop talking now. Don't do it now. Wow. She wants to bring. She stop. wants a whole episode I, about each of don't all you? Right. No. <laughs> Go ahead, Tamia. Tell them the rest of it. Yeah, it was uh, Jordy and Jordy. Hi, this is Tamia, and I have one message for you, and that is Jordy. The answer, boys and girls, is Jordy. LeVar Jordy Burton. on Picard. They yep. missed it. They missed it with uh, with Hugh. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that was a big like, you know, Hugh's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was Jordy, man. Mm-hmm. You know, no, it was Jordy. It's so true. Because I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. You know, until I didn't you, either. Until yeah. you said it now. No, we, we were thinking about it. We were like, we were, yeah, hey. the sisters were thinking about it. Well, there was so, a, there was the whole thing with uh the Picard hug and all of that. And yeah, I was thinking, yeah. Did he have a a relationship with Picard? He did, but it was solely because of the fact that Picard had been Locutus before. That was the only real connection that the two of them had in that episode. Like you said, everything else was Jordy. Mm-hmm. Everything that, so I didn't, that, that whole, that whole arc just didn't make sense to me. Like it, it felt like they were shoehorning something in and I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I'm not going to be mad at it. I mean, the story that they told was, was, a, was a good story. Yeah. You know, um, would I have liked it to have involved other people? Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, I, I really enjoyed the first season of Picard because it is such a different type of storytelling than mm-hmm. what we're used to in the Star Trek universe. And like S- Sabrina said, it's, it is more cerebral, it's a little bit more literary um, in a way. And, um, and I, I was a bookseller for 15 years. Right? And so like, I, I really enjoyed that. And I enjoyed getting into, a, I thought what Picard does really well is character development, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I really miss in discovery. There's it's a, it's 
a little bit more shallow and it's only happening on a few with a few characters in right. depth. But in Picard, you're getting that sort of development for every main character. You know, it's a smaller cast, you know, so you can do that. You have time to do that. You don't have as, as many people that you have to fit in to a scene. Um, so I really enjoyed that about season one. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the moment when Seven put on, became the board queen. Mm. That moment of her being the board queen. And I thought that was really tantalizing. And what I was hoping to see this season was a conflict with Seven having to assume that responsibility again and what that might do to her. But then I see we got, you know, I've already seen leaks of another board queen. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, there goes that hope dashed. But, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, I really, um, I love I loved a lot of the characters on Picard. Um, I love their complexity. I love that they are neither good nor bad. They're very gray and they're struggling just like normal humans are struggling to survive and learn every day and adapt to new situations and be better and recover from mistakes. You know, I think um, uh, was Alison Pills, uh, uh, Dr. Girardi's, I think Dr. Girardi is a perfect example of that, you know? Um, so I'm excited to see what's happening in, in her story. And uh, I'm excited to see what's happening with Rafi, who is a, pretty much my favorite character. Rafi, I love Rios, but Rafi is, Rafi is my girl. Um, yeah. I'm happy to see those legacy characters come back as well, you know, but uh, I have one mandate to the writers of this show and only one and that is stop killing off all your black representing characters in a matter of moments i will be very happy and picard will shoot way high more higher up on my list if i saw that that was infuriating to me the entire season i mean i i can't even fake the funk about how infuriating that was uh, and it got in the way of my enjoyment of the show, you know, so I'm looking for better <laughs> this season. Well, and I'm glad that that's something that uh, you bring up because, you know, we don't want anyone listening to the show also to think that, you know, we're just here to pour on the praise. If there's stuff that we're taking issue with, we're going to bring it up as long as, you know, it, as long as we're not doing it just to bash, you know, and that, that to me, it was not anything just to bash. That was, that was good, well thought out criticism. Um, and yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that 100%. Um, <laughs> Cause I think we, I think we actually talked about it earlier with, uh, with the uh, Elnor's beheading there. Um, so, you know, exactly. You know, this, yeah. So there's a couple things I want to circle back to that you mentioned, and I'm already forgetting what one of them was, but the first one <laughs> is um, how you brought up how it's literary. And uh, if I remember correctly, that's actually one of the things that uh, the producers talked about uh, when they started season one was that season one was going to be, it was going to be a book and each episode was a chapter and I thought that they did a real good job of that, you know, where 
you got through the episode, there was some closure to what the point of that episode was, but there was still that over that overarching piece that you kind of got the little tease of a setup uh, at the end to make you want to turn the ba- the page to the next chapter. And I did remember what I did remember what the other thought was too. what you were saying about the character development. Um, and you're right. Smaller cast, they were able to do it. But, uh, you know, Nepenthe, I know, Mike, you talked about how that was your favorite episode of the season. And I was really enthralled by that episode, too. But I think the thing that caught me the most by that episode was how well they developed um, uh, Kestra, the daughter. Mm -hmm. Like a, a 50 minute episode. And I felt like you knew that girl from birth. It was just so well done. And that was really, you know, she was the reason that I actually had some tears in that episode. You know, was it cool to see Riker and Troy? Yeah, it was, but she was like, she was top notch in that episode and the way they developed her was real good. Yeah. I mean, I really liked uh, the other piece of that episode that I really liked was Deanna telling Picard that he's doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like really. And, and, you know, she's speaking to a former, her former captain, but now friend and there's no rank involved and she can just be blunt and say, you're doing, you're, you're messing up here. Yep. So, you know, like step it up. Yeah, she totally did. And, uh, and, and it was needed, you know, it was mm-hmm. definitely needed. Yep. All right, Jamie, I, I know that, uh, that Patrick Stewart and Jean-Luc Picard are, um, maybe just below your wife and your kids and your love affairs. So uh, it what, depends uh, what, on what day of the week, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my just, God. Just, just kidding. Uh, just kidding. They're not <laughs> listening. Are they? No, no, they won't listen to this. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> no, but I mean, as, as everybody, anybody who knows me, you know, knows I love, I love all star Trek, you know, but really next generation. And, you know, the original movies are really kind of like my, my comfort food, I would say, uh, especially voyage home, which I'll talk about voyage home in a little bit, but, um, you know, next generation to me, obviously kind of to, to Mike's point, uh, Mike Thurlow's point, it's just that that's really, that's what I grew up on. That that's home to me. That's, that's my comfort food. And, you know, when I think back to all the star Trek series, you know, TNG really was, the most perfect representation of Gene Roddenberry's universe. It was to me, the closest to perfection because, you know, you had some issues in the original series and then it, it got better with TNG. And then it kind of started getting a little darker as you started getting the deep space nine and, you know, some of the other shows. So obviously TNG is real special to me, but, you know, talking about the first season of Picard, I really liked it because I really thought it was something that was unique and different, you know, and a lot of people, made comments that it really wasn't star Trek. Cause it was something very different, very unique that we hadn't really had never seen before. And like, you know, as I think about, you know, my image of TNG being that perfect universe, I feel like Picard was as far away from perfection as TNG was. It was, it was such a, a, a huge disparity, you know, as, as opposed to some of the other shows where you really see these characters at some of their lowest points, you know, Raffi with her addictions and, you know, the, 
idiosyncrasies of um, Dr. Girardi and, you know, how Picard is, is really a broken, angry man. I really liked how they really, there was a lot of meat on the bones in that show. The, the character yeah. development was, was, was absolutely incredible. And like I said, it was unique. It was something different, but what I think I want to see in season two is, is I kind of want to see them get a little closer back. I, I don't want to say back to the way TNG was, but I kind of want to see, you know, them get a little closer to what Star Trek is in a lot of ways, you know, back with the Federation and things like that, because I feel like obviously season one was way a completely different concept. I want to see them kind of come a little closer to home and, you know, kind of looking at that trailer. I know I mentioned that voyage home is, you know, one of my comfort foods, as far as the movies go, when I'm, when I watch that trailer, I kind of see the voyage home when I'm looking there. Um, that fish out of water in the past, you know, I saw that some of those sequences where, you know, I wonder if that's going to be the, the over overriding arc throughout the entire season is, you know, them being in the past and, you know, not knowing how to react in 21st century earth. So I'm hoping to get some of that nostalgia of the voyage home. Um, when I see season two of Picard. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you, that was that was the show that got me like on board with star trek um my dad had gotten me into it just before tng uh premiered so i had a little bit of an understanding but tng is what really got me to kind of sit down every week and want to watch some you know watch something with my dad um but then it caused me to go back and watch more of the original series. So I was not one of the people that was hoping for a TNG season eight. Um, I thought that if done right, having the legacy characters in there could be a good thing as long as it wasn't done just for the sake of bringing them back to be right. on there, which is kind of what I feel happened with Hugh. Like, okay, we're on a Borg ship. Well, let's put the, let's put one of the Borg ex Borgs that we know on there. And it kind of felt like that. Um, well, I was going to say too, I, I, I really think that they were trying to get that nostalgia piece with, okay, we got Picard. Mm -hmm. What are, you know, where can we go from an alien species wise? Cause you, you know, when you think like captain Kirk, you always think Klingons, like that was like his right. arch rival, his nemesis. But when you think of like Picard, you're always thinking of the Borg, you know, you got the movies first contact, you know, that's the mm -hmm. best TNG movie in most people's minds. Right. That's, you know, that they got gold there. And then also, you know, you, you got to think of like Romulans. That was always one of his, huge arch nemesis, you know, in, in TNG. So they were trying to bring in those elements that, you know, would make it somewhat familiar, but also be different, you know? And mm -hmm. so, you know, like you said, I, I mean, I, I loved the first season. I, I thought it was great, but I think kind of like to S Sabrina's point, I think it kind of <laughs> came flat at the end, you know? Right. Um, you know, so I'm interested to see if they continue to build off a of season one, or if they just go in a completely different direction, because to me, from what it looks like in the trailer, they're going to go in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. And we don't even know. It may be two or three years after the events of season one. We, right. we don't know. Are they going to pick up yeah. right where they left off or are they going to 
do it three years from now where, mm-hmm. where these characters, maybe, you know, we see a lot of Starfleet uniforms, maybe they're back in Starfleet. We don't know. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, the other thing about season one, and you kind of touched on it too, Jamie, that I, that I liked is everybody, I think, and Mike, you kind of brought it up too. Everybody looks at Picard as being someone that, you know, they would follow into battle, you know, no questions asked. And what we saw throughout season one, almost until the very end was a broken man, someone that needed to get some direction back in his life. Um, And I think the flashbacks were done well enough for us to get the understanding as to why he is that way. Here was a, I, I guess you could call it a mission, but it was something that was near and dear to his heart that he was trying to get done to save people. Um, like he says in that interview, no, not, not Romulan people, people, you know, I'm trying to help people and he felt betrayed. And so at this point, everything that he had, that his ideals had stood for kind of were in the trash uh, next to him. And he, he didn't know what to do. So I, yeah. So that was developed. Well, go ahead. I, I know you've got a thought there, so. Well, no, I was thinking because you you did bring that up uh, that there's a there's something missing there. You know, how did he go from being so so devoted to saving people to giving it up entirely and giving up mm-hmm. Starfleet, where we've seen him in the past kind of go rogue and do things on his own, and so something made him not go that far and made him like retreat inside of himself mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and go home and kind of be hurt and. Uh, and hurt for 15, almost 15 years, you know, is it's a, uh, so there's, there's that, that's still kind of a sort of a mystery. And I don't think that we're going to get the answer to that unless a uh, Sabrina has a Sabrina <laughs> in the back, please Sabrina, yeah. speak up. <laughs> but if you read the book, Picard, yeah. you know yep. what happened. So I for, I've actually forgotten. Do you remember? Cause one in the lit verse you need to, well, yes. I mean, they talked about how they, Remember that he did save a lot of Romulans. He saved them, mm-hmm. and they were all on Vashti, Vashti, right? Right. And then the mission is canceled because of the Mars attack. And so right. he had done all this work leading up to saving, like, a planet full of people. I mean, Raffi lost her family trying to get yeah. this stuff done. You get the first boatloads over, and then something happens, and you snap off and say you're not going to do it. He was bold, you know what? So, yeah, no, that's you know, true. Yeah, that just snapped him. He couldn't believe it. And then yeah. when they took his resignation, and he didn't think they were going to take it, right? He was, it, he was done. I, I was going to say, oh. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jamie. No, I, I was just going to say. You know, it's interesting how you see how Picard, how he's developed. Because you know, I, I was even thinking as we were having this discussion of of even like insurrection, how at, at in that movie he went against the once again the ideals of the Federation, where if you think of where Picard was when next generation first started, he would have never done that, but you see the, the logical progression of his character in a movie like insurrection brings him, you know what I'm saying? Like if you had just seen TNG Mm -hmm. and it didn't have the movies like first contact insurrection, you wouldn't be able to see that 
next step to get him to where he is in, in Picard of, of, you know, just not having that purpose and not having that need. And just, that was the last straw, you know, like that mission being called off where he just Starfleet was not Starfleet to him anymore. Yeah. And his ideals mm-hmm. were greater than Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm hoping. Just let them die. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hoping to see, I think out of season two is, I mean, I, I got to say that uh, as good a character development as there was in season one, I feel like we haven't learned enough about Rafi yet. Like we know, you know, we know that she had the, that we know she was this, excellent strategic officer uh someone high enough on the list where picard you know if you if you read the comics you know talking about the lit verse he trusted her to be a first officer to him um and then you know she essentially loses everything uh like you said sabrina her family but then like she said she she essentially lost her career as well so it sent her off the deep end And toward the end of the season, we see her coming back from all of that. I want to learn more about Rafi, the person though, you know, who, who is she, um, you know, what, what is it that makes her so devoted to Picard that she even remained loyal to him after, like she thought he screwed her over. Um, And I'm, I'm also, I mean, of course I'm interested to see the direction that they're taking with this. I want to see what Q's doing, you know, what's he doing to screw life up for all of these guys again. Um, but I, I think overall, I also want to see out of season two that it continues what season one did and that's go in a direction different from what discovery does. And I'm not saying this as a bad thing, cause I love discovery, but every season of discovery it's, you know, here's the major problem of the season that we need to face. And it's something, you know, it's going to shatter the whole universe. Um, Picard didn't do that last season. It was, you know, this encompassed thing. It wasn't like, the, it wasn't until the last couple of uni- uh, last couple episodes that, you know, the universe could blow up. Right. So at stake eventually. (laughs) Yeah. But it but it wasn't like that one thing at the top that everyone was going for. So I hope that they continue that because that kind of made it more enjoyable to me that it wasn't the same thing as Discovery. It was something different. So we have Discovery that we all love and enjoy here. And now we have Picard doing something different. And it's something that we can enjoy as well. I like to think of Picard as kind of an adventure more than like, you know, yes, the the galaxy or the universe is at stake at some level, but it's more of an adventure going, you're going along with this crew and with, with Picard and following Picard. uh, Whereas discovery is more of like a overarching, like end of the universe type thing happening. And it's very dramatic. And, Mm. and I think uh, I I agree. Like it's uh, what, what was said before, you know, it is elegant. It is literary. It is, um, it is an adventure in my in my mind, and I'm ready to go on that adventure no matter what. I think it's a ride that I, it's a roller coaster ride that I will take as many times as possible. 
uh, until the park closes. So, <laughs> you know what? What, what else well is said, interesting? Well, I was going to say too, what else is interesting is it, is it seems to be of all the shows in the Star Trek universe, it's the most anti Federation, anti Starfleet show of all the shows, you know? So, you know, like I said, you wonder if it's going to get back to some semblance of old you know, school Star Trek. Yeah. Old school. Yeah. St- like, or, or what, I, what I mean is painting the Federation mm-hmm. or Starfleet in a more positive light because Picard really doesn't paint it in a positive right. light. E- even discovery, you know, they were in the past and that, you know, then they went to the future. It's, it's once again, getting that positive, spin on the federation that's been the ultimate goal mm-hmm. you know in discovery and it's well and that's always wonder. been michael's opinion too yeah. so yeah and you just wonder believer where mm-hmm. they're going to go with it you know yeah we see we do see a lot of uh, starfleet corridors in the trailer blowing up and uh you know so but you know the less surrender is being chased by some federation starships so mm. i don't know that we have a whole lot of hope to hold out that that this is going to paint Starfleet in any better picture at the moment. What happens after, after maybe they fix whatever Q has done, maybe that will have some impact that will uh, drive Starfleet in a different direction. But at 25th century, 32nd century, they still have rocks that come out of the ceiling when there's, <laughs> when there's explosions on ships. <laughs> carrying all those rocks around all the time. <laughs> I'd like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Fansets is the home of amazing pin collectibles. The quality of the merchandise they put out is second to none. It's not just Star Trek that they offer, as they have something for every type of fandom out there. Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, and Rick and Morty, and so many more. Fansets also recently released the micro-crew version of Lower Decks Tom Paris, and one of my favorite things, the Tom Paris Collector's Plate. So keep an eye out for those items on fansets.com, as well as their over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins, including the Delta's Done Right collection, as well as micro crew pins, episode pins, and many other great designs. So go to fansets.com and put a whole bunch of pins in your cart. As a listener to the show, you can receive 10% off your next order from Fansets by using the code DISCOVERINGTREK at checkout. And remember that you receive free shipping in the U.S. on orders of $30 or more. Fan sets. Our pins have character. So whoever would like to jump in here, um, Anything from the trailer? Uh, I know we've touched on it a little bit here and there as we talked about our hopes for season two, but is there anything from the trailer that stood out to you um, as being interesting? You want to learn a little bit more about what's going on there? Yes. Yes. I have a thing. Yes. I have a thing 
that I don't know in the big, like sort of like one of the sec, the second or third shot of the trailer. I mean, maybe not that early because I don't remember. It's early in the trailer and there's the picture that we see of the ship in battle of enterprise, the enterprise Mm -hmm. in battle. I love that. I mean, I really, I have not yet like frozen the frame on that to study that. And I just, that's the most, I mean, outside of Guinan, that is the most intriguing part of the trailer to me. See, see, to me, I thought you were going to say you saw Jordy in the background somewhere <laughs> in the trip. That's where I thought you were going with this. I'm tired, but I'm not hallucinating yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you, Tamia. I, I thought that painting reminded me of the painting of the Enterprise in, in the Enterprise D ready room. Uh, and so there's definitely something about that that is really intriguing and i cannot wait to see what comes out of that but i and i haven't frozen the screen either so i have no idea but <laughs> did, you, did you freeze the screen sabrina i froze the screen okay so what did you see Borg cubes. really oh. oh i didn't notice that wow bunch of them oh mm. boy wow. well we we do know from from press releases that there is a Borg queen in this. Yes. So the Borg are somehow tied into this season. Um, Big time. I feel like we've yeah. seen them pull her out of like a freezer or something like uh, almost like at the Daystrom Institute where they kind of revive her to find out. I don't know. Maybe I'm making this all up. Maybe this is all headcanon. I don't know, but <laughs> no, my, uh, no, that's okay. Something you're saying is that's ringing some kind of bell with me too, but you know, I, I think, think they had to in this trailer, resurrect but... her. Yeah. They resurrected her to find out that they, she need like there was something in time, right. That, that um, happened. Yeah. Yes. Something like that. Uh, yeah, she says well, uh, reality has been broken. Well, I thought that was her, but maybe it was seven that said that. Yeah, you, you know, you really kind of wonder, you, you know, there's going to be some sort of alternate re- reality type thing going mm-hmm. on, alternate universe, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, and, and this is something that Q is always good for. Like we think of tapestry and yep. things like that, you know, and he, he makes the comment of the road less traveled, you know, so you just kind of wonder, are we going to see some sort of mirror universe or are we going to see some sort of, you know, you know, they obviously mm-hmm. have to go back in time to fix it, you know, because you see him right. back in the, like the 21st century. So, Something's you know, what is happen there? What, what is causing that all to come, you know, to come crashing down? Well, and I saw and I know a lot of people brought this up online, too, when it came out. Brent Spiner is in the trailer and he's not looking like Data or any Brent Spiner character we've seen before. He. He just looks like Brent Spiner, <laughs> you know? So is he a soon relative? That's what I um, thought. I was like, he's a, yeah. yet another soon. Another soon. Well, <laughs> man, man's like 21st century soon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> but remember he was an enterprise. So he was, you know, he played a song. Oh, that's true. Uh, in the 22nd century. Anik, Anik yeah. Soon, yes. What'd yeah. you say, Sabrina? Anik soon. Yes. Yeah. He's yeah. Anik soon's father. Probably. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or grandfather. There were two datas. Do you remember? Did you don't you remember in the trailer? 
Oh there no, was I the missed one that. that looked kind of old, and then there was the one that looked kind of like lore. Oh, really? Oh, ooh, it was the crazy looking. He was he looked like you know. I'm gonna have to go back and look at this again now. I, I listen, you know what you got to do. I'm gonna tell you all right now what to do. You just slow it down to 25 percent of the speed and watch it slow. You get everything. Nice. <laughs> You heard even, it here first. You even heard the, it here even first. Even the Jordy in the background. Turn the sound off because they go talk like this. You don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it all. So I, I mentioned that I'm hoping to see more from Rafi in, in this yes. season. And you are not alone, my friend. <sighs> I'm, Agreed. A, Agreed. I'm a little bit nervous. Because in one of the first scenes that we see in the trailer, she is slumped over Elnor. And I'm hoping that it's not just another hit to Rafi for her, for her emotions. Um, You know, her and seven kind of took him on as like their, their surrogate son. He replaces Rafi's real son. And he replaces um, uh, Icheb for seven. So, I mean, I really hope that that's not the case. We'll have to see. But from the quarter of a second, if it was even that, that you saw of it, it, it didn't look good the way she was slumped over him. No, so, he's in bad shape. So we'll have to we'll have to see what's happening there. Yeah, I, I think even trailer. He's again, he's again, again. I did see him later he in the trailer. He had, yeah, his, he sword, had his sword, right? So, hey, maybe it's that alternate reality. Uh, who knows? I'm counting on alternate what reality. I'm what I'm yeah. looking forward to in Rafi's story is that I think a lot of us are rooting for her in the way that it when she does get hit with the emotional traumas that are gonna affect all the characters that. Um, her battle with her addiction doesn't win, you know, that uh, that her life has gained some more purpose and and that she uh, sees, you know, is feeling so differently that uh, and a lot stronger, you know, um, and and uh, mm-hmm. going through some more positive experiences that um, give her and and having more family connection, chosen family connection that lend her a lot more support to get through these moments without having to turn to a mood altering substance. Yeah. Yeah. Seven's there. Seven will help. Very much. And there's always cake. There's always cake is <laughs> eternal. Cake. Crossing That's the right. stream, but, but cake is eternal. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I really like two things that, that Guinan said uh, in the trailer. You know, I believe one final frontier is yet to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the answers aren't not in the stars. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and they never were. And they mm-hmm. never oh, were. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think, uh, you know, when we talk about how this is more like the literary Trek version of Star Trek on TV, I, I like that. Uh, you know, Guinan always provides these great deep thoughts that you can think about and act on and on multiple levels and it can apply to multiple characters. So I'm really excited for for that and to see what wisdom and perspective she gets to impart. And I hope that she's in more than one episode. You know, I hope it's not just a, a short know, little scene with. Uh, I have a you theory know. on that. 
All right. But you'll have you to tell. but you'll have to wait till predictions. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> right, I, I was right. gonna say though, go, going on your same wavelength. I mean, we did see her in Times Arrow, right? We saw her in the past, right? So I'm wondering if they're gonna try to bring her in that 21st century. You know, if, if she's gonna be there, you know, oh, yeah, because we see we see her in the future, obviously, when she's talking Still to older Picard, Coast. but. Right. But you wonder if she's going to be some sort of, and I don't want to, uh, I hate, but that wizard type character trope, you know, that, you know, the, the, the Oracle from yeah, Matrix the Oracle, or the, <laughs> yeah. the, the wizard, the, you know, the, the one with all the knowledge that guides you in the correct direction, the you know, omniscient. Because, yeah, another word for yeah. That, but you wonder if she's going to have both roles, you know? Well, and she, you know, that, that made me think my, uh, Jamie of, uh, yesterday's enterprise like she mm. recognized the changes in the timeline uh and, and couldn't put her figure on it but she said something just doesn't feel right and so uh, you know uh, hopefully maybe this is also her doing that as well she can't play the wizard jamie because her hat is too flat all right it's got to be a different name <laughs> She can be the Oracle. She can be the Oracle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think Picard has to go to someone like that, you know, has to go outside to get a perspective like that. Uh, and who better to provide that than, uh, than Guinan. The wise one. Definitely. Uh, so the only other thing that I had written down was uh, we see that it looks like uh, seven is breaking Rios out of some kind of confinement. Um, and it definitely looks like it's uh, in the past because it looks like it's on like uh, like a jail transport. So um, knowing Rios, as we know him from last season, what kind of crap did he get himself into? <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like it's only him. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's seven in Raffi breaking him out of there. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't see. Okay. Yep. I know where I know where you're coming from with that. Now I'm putting two and two together in the, in the trailer. So, okay. I look different, different, yeah, different scenes in the trailer. But as I think about it now, I, I, I see right. where you're coming they from. Exactly. Together, right. Right. Yep. I, yep. I don't know, man. This whole thing is like, a, what is going on? Well, I know one thing that I'm hoping for is that 2024 is predicted to be a much better year than the last couple that we've gotten. (laughs) So the world better be better in two years from now than it is currently. Are they going to be are they going to be talking about COVID when they're there? (laughs) Mm. This uh, this is the alternate reality 2024, right? So we don't care what's really going on. Could be. Could be. It's going to be. I don't know what this is. But I was I was intrigued also that um, seven of nine kept looking like Borg seven of nine, you know, and then mm-hmm. never been to Borg seven of nine. So like, she had yeah, the IP, she didn't have the IP. She had the IP. She didn't have the IP. So I was like, good okay, point. So, you know, going I, on here. I, I just wonder if maybe they're trying to say that she never got captured by the Borg. If maybe if that's a part of this alternate reality mm-hmm. that. Uh, Annika, uh, you know, Annika Hansen never got captured, never got captured. you know, because of something in the past. So that makes her not Miss Nanite loaded 
whatever mm. when they go back like they're always like oh what are we gonna do oh we got some nanites because they got seven right we'll pull them out of seven use and that one yep. right you're gonna have to think of something else mm-hmm. well and i don't think it was this trailer but i think it might have been the little piece that they showed um on star trek day last year um astute observers noticed when she was looking in the mirror and didn't have the eyepiece that she was wearing a wedding ring too so what's going on oh. there? Oh, yes. I never yes. heard that one. Because oh, wow. she, I missed because that. She, she reached up to touch her face where the where the eyepiece was, and you could see a band. Uh, people online were going crazy and screen capping it. Oh, I saw it for at least a month after after that came out. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's what it I was better, about to it say. Better not be. They do it that seven-inch rotate thing. Oh, oh, that was the worst. It better not be that. Oh my God! Listen, Chakotay says Chakotay says he'll be on Prodigy. He didn't say he'd be on Picard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's trying to get away from the diviner. We're not going to bring him oh. to this. <laughs> Good lord! I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You know, the one the one other character that I'm excited to see who I loved and didn't get enough of. I mean, she was introduced in the in the comic, the countdown comic, and then uh we get to see her in the first Laris episode. Laris, I Space love Space. Yeah. I love Laris. She's yes. uh, uh yeah, the the sarcastic Romulan, but also just in the same way that I mentioned earlier that Deanna gives gives it to Picard. And tells mm-hmm. him he's being a bad father figure or whatever. Laris just calls him out on his BS mm-hmm. all the you know right away. So love that, think, love her, and I and I think that's why everyone latched onto her as a character right away. And we're pissed when we didn't see her after what was it? Absolutely. Episode two. Yeah. yeah. So they left Earth. That was so. Yeah, that's a great point, Mike. I hope we get to see more of her. She's in this trailer a bit. So <laughs> yeah, she, she is. is yeah. yeah. I just hope it's not like one episode and right. you know the one and done like like uh first season. I hope she plays more yeah. of a central role in this season. Well her husband's not with her, it's just her. So right. Yeah, no Zabon. That right? was weird. Zabon, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. not yeah. there. Yep. I don't know if they're husband, they're partners though. I, I forget what the comic oh, said about okay. them there. I don't know that they're married, but I think I they're just assumed. Yeah. I don't know. They she sure acted like she was married to him. That's, that's what I was true. saying. She, they, she sure, you know, you can go die with him. You know, <laughs> yeah. that sounds like something yeah. a wife would say to a husband. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. So true. Exactly. Yes. Go, go take him yeah. with you. My my wife has totally told me you can go be stupid somewhere else. <laughs> she, she called him. She said, oh, he doesn't know anything. He's from the north. Or, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a little bit of uh, Romulan racism in there, right? Uh, That's just the wife calling him out. She's yep. all <laughs> that yep. money she's married to. Him. Absolutely. The only thing when we talked about character development, I think that we only saw a really little bit of Elnor and his development. And, and I'm yeah, curious. That's true. I'm curious what they're going to do with him. I mean, yeah. he is, you know, he's basically 18, you know, an 18 year old th- yeah. with a sword and sworn to Picard, you know, but uh, I would like to see some, you know, some growth in, in his character this season for sure. That's very true. Cause That's we look at, point. yeah, we look at him 
like um, like an adult because of the fact that he wields a sword almost in the same way that I think at the beginning of Prodigy, people looked at Rock Talk as an adult because of her size. Mm-hmm. And both of them are still really kids, even though they have really these is, larger yeah. than life roles. Deadly, but they're uh, kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say, you know, because everybody's talking about a character they want to see develop. I kind of want to see Girardi developed. And, oh, yeah. and, I, and I'll say, you know, if you think about it, she basically kills somebody in season <laughs> one and the season ends. So it's like, where does that leave her? Like, is she, does she, is she going to have to pay for those? I know, you know, she was under the influence and all that other stuff, but I mean, where does that leave her character? You know, a, the, fa- the fact that she basically killed the, the man that, that she loved, you know, um, right. What does and, that do to her emotion? Yeah. What does that do to her psyche? And where, where is she when season two begins, you know? And I will say, she was probably my favorite character from season one um just because of the i don't want to say the oddity factor but she was different from everybody else and it was intriguing to me so yeah i agree jamie i want to see more of her too i want to see more of everybody who am i kidding (laughs) yeah she's almost she's almost kind of kind of like that tilly from season one yeah. You know, that kind of that, there you go. Yeah. You know, the oddball, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but kind of represents a, a large group of the population, you know, the, yep. she's got some of those idiosyncrasies and things like that. See, yep. uh, I, I have to be a dissenter here. She's my least favorite <laughs> character on this show. <laughs> to That's be honest it. with you. Pink slip. Pink slip. <laughs> uh yeah i just did not like her i did not identify with her i you know when, and once she killed bruce maddox i thought that you know that was kind of a how do you come back from that even if you were programmed by by you know by a mind Maxie meld um, yeah. yeah um but yeah i just didn't uh yeah i didn't really vibe with her character you know what made her stick out to me uh it was um allison pill you know, it was her portrayal of her right. was so riveting. Like she made mm-hmm. that character interesting. Phenomenal the, 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 acting. Yeah. Phenomenal acting. Phenomenal. And, and, you know, you just, you couldn't, I, at least I could not look away from her when she was on screen. I didn't mm. want to be that intrigued by her because I, I too was upset with her. Like, Oh my God, you know, here's the mole right here. And you just killed the love of your life. And, you know, but I mean, man, did she really bring it when, when she was playing that character? And, and so I'm kind of with Jamie, like there's a lot of complexity, a lot of layers going on with her. I'm interested to see, and I would like to see Rios developed more mm-hmm. because I feel like his character is really flat. I felt like there was a lot of reliance on the, all the holograms to explain Rios yeah. and who he is, but we really didn't get to know him, you know? Um, and maybe that's part of the journey with him is, is getting through those defenses that he's put up could be for anybody anybody getting close to him again yeah. you know um we just but, know what happened to him we don't know right mm. maybe that is why i liked 
Girardi so much. It was it was probably Allison Pills portrayal because you're right as a character during the season. She's not really likable. Oh, God, she was but the, annoying. As- but the portrayal was was really good. So, what did Raffi yeah, say? You just get to come on the ship <laughs> with your little, little blue coat. With your little blue yeah. coat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so great! I, All right, I, I everybody. Love the two of them together, yeah. Raffi yeah, and, Raffi and Gerardi. <laughs> come with Auntie Raffi. Yeah, put some cake. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, everybody. So. uh Let's throw down the gauntlet. Where are we going to be wrong this season okay. with our predictions? Because uh, hey, uh, I, I'll I tell feel you, like we've given. I feel like we've given like thirty predictions throughout this uh, whole discussion. Potentially, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I will go first here to to right. throw to throw it all down. So I mentioned Guinan. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Guinan in this season. Um, it was mentioned in the trailer, and actually we've already talked about it a little bit, that she has an understanding of time that's different from humans. Uh, you know, we talked about yesterday's Enterprise. She was in Time's Arrow. So there's those connections of the past, the future, alternate time. I, I feel like she's going to be the linchpin that keeps the crew on the right track. Um, there's a line that Picard says in the trailer. I know somebody that understands time differently than everybody else does. And I, and then we flash to him going to her bar. So I feel like that she's gonna, she's gonna be like their, their ground rod, so to speak for this season. Mm -hmm. Anytime there's some kind of issue, it's going to come back to what, what kind of wisdom can she give them to help them along the journey? Plus, and, you know, her, she lives long enough that she would be back in yep. the other time. Right. So they could still see her there. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like um, we will all watch episode one on March 3rd. And you're going to be laughing at me because I will have been a thousand percent off. But whatever. That's what I took from it. All right. I'm going to go with my bold prediction next. <clears throat> So I feel that, or I think that the Borg will be the cause of the issue in the past. And, you know, cause I'm kind of hearkening back to first contact when they went back to earth, trying to stop the whole mission, you know, the whole um, first contact with the Vulcans. I feel like the Borg are going to be the, the reason why the timeline is messed up. Hmm. Um you know, and also the whole Q element too. I mean, you think of Q as the first person to introduce the Borg to the Federation. Ooh. So, right. I mean, there's got to, maybe there's some connection there. And then one other bold thing, I love the comics as far as the next generation characters in the mirror universe, and we've never seen it in live screen. I would love to see Jean-Luc Picard in the, uh, the mirror universe goatee um, <laughs> <laughs> that Cut we've seen in comics and books, but we've never seen in live action. We've seen it in every other show, but not in next generation. We know somebody in the mirror universe needs to be goateed. That's just a requirement. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who, who's, who's not going to be afraid to share uh, how wrong they're going to be as the season goes on. 
I okay. have several predictions. I knew it. <laughs> it's so wrong. But I just, to sit there. Now, Tamir and I, we we are, you're, you're the writer, Tamir, but I am learning to be a writer. And I was just thinking about this whole thing. And I watched this trailer three times. I watched it three times. Once slow, twice regular speed. And the thing that got me was that she said, if you no, Q told him, you're going down the road, not traveled. And everybody wants to go back to first contact. I was like, nah, 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 we ain't going back to first contact. We're going back to the thing that Picard did that set this whole freaking stuff into motion. Yep. He sent Hugh back. I think the road that traveled is that he does not send Hugh back or he screws Hugh up. We go into a complete war with the Borg like for freaking ever. He was screwed up when he got sent back. He doesn't send Hugh back. That's the what they said. It was you did one thing. One thing can make all the difference. He didn't send him back. That's Hmm. my prediction. Oh. You're blowing oh. my mind. I'm glad I'm wearing a hat because it's containing it. <laughs> don't, don't even buy that first contact. They want you to go, oh, yeah, it's first contact. It's first contact. Uh-uh. I'm here to tell you it's not first contact. It's Hugh. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Hugh was in first season. Um, um, can I just jump in here and yeah, say ahead. that? Uh, no. Jordy's going to be there. Sabrina. Jordy <laughs> is Jordy's going to bring Hugh back. Jordy's a surprise <laughs> visit. <laughs> through the continuum of time somehow Guinan is going to really be a fully realized magical negro and oh. bring Jordy back go on girl <laughs> when you talk about wizard and everything you saw to me and me just laugh i said yeah we got another word for that <laughs> i love it i love negro. it please don't make her the magical negro can she help somebody else besides some white people in this bring right? some black people in here and can help she... the whole freaking world please thank you <laughs> And so I cede the rest of my prediction time to my fellow from Bethesda, Sabrina Wood. I got so many. All right. You know what Q gave soon? Here's what I'm going to tell you. You were right, Jamie. You said he looked kind of like a messed up, messed up. uh, You know, he he didn't look like a regular, you know, soon, whatever. He was just like old and he was gray. I don't think he's like the brilliant guy. I think, I think, okay, here's my whole theory. The kid that was getting mind melded is Sung. And Q gives him smart water. <laughs> That's what's in the little bullet. He makes him smart. He's smart. Uh, oh, okay. Wow. I see. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, this is really taking kid, a turn. Who's the kid that's getting mind melded, right? Right. You want me to blow question. your mind some more? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to blow your mind one more time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Only one more. One more time. It wasn't a Vulcan. The mind meld was a Romulan. Oh, no. Boom. Oh, wow. Why would we have Vulcans in this at all? The first contact is Vul- the Romulans. The Romulans make first contact oh. in this alternate universe. That's why everything is screwed up. That's why they're militaristic. That's why they got a grid around the world. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Wow. Dang. That is some next level stuff. Right. I'm telling you, I was like, this is some crazy stuff I'm seeing. Oh, my God. 
Well, wow. I, I think we're going to have to retire the predictions, <laughs> uh, the predictions piece, and just call it the the Sabrina Woods section of the show. <laughs> you didn't see all that, Neff Taylor. You didn't see all that. <laughs> I did, but I didn't make all those connections. That's all. They always mess with you and they give you some piece of something and it's they make true. you assume that something. Yep. I said mm-hmm. that man didn't really look and oh I, I could keep I could give you more, but I'm not gonna do it. You need to go back and watch that trailer yourself. Take it down to slow speed, you'll see everything. <laughs> oh, I love this. <laughs> okay, right <laughs> I had those are some really wild, but okay, when the show happens and none of that happens. <laughs> or all of it okay. happens and we're like what i know we're like oh. and, and the and the produce the producers are calling us up saying where can we get sabrina's number we got to find out how <laughs> exactly. she got in our room if you can get in the writer's room maybe all the black people won't die <laughs> they there you didn't go. have any black people in the trailer where are the black people except for guy I, I i saw guy she was mm. well and rafi Okay, okay. Stop it. Okay, stop it, Sabrina. Um, <laughs> there were black people. So yeah, that's okay. those are my predictions. <laughs> I got some right. more too. I was sitting there. I was sitting there at work today, and I said, "Oh my god, Mike is going to ask me something," and I was like trying to figure this out, and I came up with that. That's awesome, though. I, I'm loving that. That is that is amazing. Wow. So so so, Mike. Can you top that or can you even come close to equaling that? <laughs> so I my my prediction is is not it's tang it's it's Star Trek universe based, okay? So we we talk about how these shows are all interconnected. Mm. So one of the key things about Picard is the attack on Mars, right? Mm-hmm. In 2385. Prodigy is happening in 2384. There is a rogue program on pro, on pro, on the protostar. Maybe it doesn't affect the starships. Maybe it affects the androids in Mars and that is how that all happened. Boom! Oh I don't know. Top score, Sabrina, but that is like Next like level, it. like Star oh, Trek universe. Mike, you and me, baby. I, I okay. Think, I, I think Mike Bovia caught some flies in his mouth because his mouth was open so wide. Man, <laughs> mine was too. I thought of this last week. I don't know what it was. After I watched the Prodigy finale, and I was like, once I oh, I read the article from one of the writers. Uh, I forget what uh, Johnson sent me an article. I read it. And he was like 2384. And I was like, 2384, that's a year. They're going to make it back to Starfleet. Gwyn doesn't remember what's on the ship. What if it doesn't make Starfleet attack one another? What if it just infects, you know, because the the big unexplained thing for me in this show has been what has what caused the attacks on Mars? Like for me, that has been a central piece of this because it's just it's essentially what you know, uh, causes Picard to kind of crumble. I mean, that, that, that just tears him down, you know, tears all the plans down, breaks Starfleet, does all these things. And, and the way that the, also the lead time on prodigy, right? So this all sort of works out that they were planning prodigy long before they announced it, but also Picard was in development at that time. 
So I, I'm thinking that this is where we're going to see in Prodigy at some point uh, that program being the one that causes the accidents, that, the attacks on Mars. So, Oh, brother. Right. Tamiya, now I know why you don't like making predictions because I feel like mine is so insignificant right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Predictions oh, are man. not my business. Predictions are not my game. Like <laughs> well, Sabrina and I will remember you all when we're in the Star Trek writers room for okay, like okay. The, you. You for like the, the, the get us for the tenth live action series yeah. that we're writing. You know, whatever happens after Section Thirty One and all and yep. Starfleet Academy, we're we're working on the show that's after that. So okay. <laughs> Rem- remember us, little people, please. <laughs> we'll, we'll invite you all. You'll be our guest at the premiere of that's our show. That's what I'm show. talking about, baby. Hey, that's, that's how that's, you roll. That's how that's we right. need to roll. That's all I want. <laughs> I, I want permanent entourage status. We can Great we guys. can have the party that we had at Las Vegas <laughs> right on the red carpet. Oh yeah. Oh Every yeah. Every time I make predictions, though, they're so wrong. Yours, you know what, I, I, yeah. No, you, you know you're. What? It's scary how real yours could be. I mean, that is freaking uh, yours brilliant. Yours too, Mike. Yours yeah. too. I mean, I like Mike. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. If if the Uh-oh. predictions the two of you made are wrong, um, you could write some awesome fanfic based off of those predictions. No joke. And oh, I would read man. it. Me too. Me yeah. too. Well, everybody, I hope that uh, this it has been a, a wonderful preview of the craziness that's in store for dis- <laughs> discovering Trek Picard. Uh, we don't know exactly what direction we're headed with uh, Jean-Luc and the rest of this La Serena crew, but we do know that you can find us each week breaking it all down here on Discovering Trek. Uh, To close out, I'll quote Jean-Luc Picard from season one. To be alive is a responsibility as well as a right. Until next time, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.